This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by Coordinator of Development at Mount Vernon Nazarene University Athletics, Paul McNeil. Before joining MVNU in 2017, Paul was a longtime high school basketball coach in Ohio and used his background in fundraising and community development to transition into athletic fundraising. Paul discusses his important role in raising revenue for the MVNU athletic department, as well as the day-to-day responsibilities of an athletic administrator. I hope you enjoy. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brandon. I really appreciate it. Nice seeing you again. No, it's great to see you. And, and for those of you listening, Paul and I, we went through grad school together, both uh, esteemed graduates, I guess, of, of Ohio <laughs> University. Graduates. And, I don't know about esteemed, but graduates, yes. <laughs> well, well but, uh, but graduates of Ohio University and in recreation and sports science, specifically coaching education. So it's great to have you on the show because you've got an interesting background, spending years in coaching, and now you, you've pivoted and working in college athletics and development. And we're going to talk about that. But first, tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing now at, at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. So um, graduated a long time ago, 90, 1991, and um, had my history degree and then later went and got my uh, intervention specialist degree. Coached basketball, a multitude of other sports, but um, mostly basketball and did that in here uh, in Ohio, which is where I am now, and Kentucky, Louisiana, and then made my way back to Ohio, and uh, was, uh, was doing well, enjoyed what I was doing, thankful for the success that we had, plus 300 wins, and, um, but uh, special education was changing, and the, uh, the athletic director here at Mount Vernon Nazarene University called me about five years ago and um, talked to me about this position, and I was leery, you know, 20 some years in and leery. And the question he brought up was, are you happy? And do you get excited to go, you know, to still go to work? And the answer was no. So came up and spoke with the president and the VPs and got offered this position and been here for going on almost five years now. I mean, you had a pretty long coaching career, so that's not, you know, an out of the realm of normal where coaches eventually, you know, I, I kind of want to move on and, and try something else and, and, and have a new challenge. And so how do you think, because I know in the, in the high school ranks, even though, you know, you're, you're teaching and you're coaching and you've got all these other responsibilities, you still are responsible for a little bit of fundraising. So how do you think some of that past experience prepared you for, for what you're doing now? So what, what our teams, uh, what our teams uh, did, we were known for community. Um, you know, we, we did a ton of community. You had to have X amount of hours to be on our varsity squad. Um, and um, that was X amount of community service hours. And so, and then we raised money to be able to do things that we wanted to do. We didn't want for finances to be a, an issue into not being able to you know, go to the Hoosier facilities as we would go and place someone over there on that side or, you know, whether it be just going out to eat after a game. Uh, we didn't want to put a burden on the parents or the players. So we, we did raise money and we had um, different activities. So to be 
honest, one of the, it, it wasn't a major change for what we were doing to what we do here. Um, I've been blessed that our administration, especially the president, has received this with open arms concerning our community outreach. Uh, I've been, you know, I'm on several boards now, Rotary, Chamber of Commerce, uh, different boards here, and, and I have the freedom to be able to go and, and do those things. And then the sponsorship portion, the community service portion, we had 30 some, 33 of our student athletes participated this Sunday afternoon in our Adopt a Highway program. You know, we were out there picking up trash alongside the road. And as the community sees that, they understand that we're not just in, you know, not just in the community, we are part of the community, which in return makes my job a lot easier. It's great that we're able to do those things and then also uh, do some fundraising with that as well. And for those who are, are just now kind of listening, we're talking with Paul McNeil, and he's the coordinator of development at Mount Vernon Nazarene University in the athletic department. And to go back to what you were just talking about in community, because we'll talk about your day-to-day and what you're doing, but Mount Vernon Nazarene, it's part of the NAIA. And in the NAIA, you know, as opposed to the NCAA, a little bit different, you have the Champions of Character program. So does, do some of those service projects kind of play into that? Yes, and, and I'll give you two examples. So number one is we have um, a scorecard for champions of character for the NAIA, and we have to, you know, you get a certain grade for doing X. And for, like I just mentioned, the Adopt-A-Highway, you get points for doing that because that's community involvement. And if the president comes in and speaks, that's why. You know, you get another so many points. Well, we are in, we are October, the 1st of October, and we already have our 100 points. So we are wow. gold already um, with the multitude of things we do. But we also have, uh, Brandon, a community event that we host um, with all of the city school districts. So we have from the sixth, sixth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade, and third grade, we move a basketball game up to 11. All of those grades come on campus and we let them in for free and we have sponsors that provide water, sponsors that provide popcorn, um, so everybody gets, as they come through the door, they get a cup, you know, a, a, a bottle of water and a, a big cup of popcorn. And we have one of our games. And so our gym seats 2,700. We, we fill it up. So by our regular fans, the community, we op- it's open door game. And so we'll fill it up with 2,700 and mostly 2,400 screaming, uh, you know, screaming young kids. And Uh, Some of those, this is our fourth year of doing that, minus COVID, so three years with it. Uh, Some of those kids is the only opportunity that they'll have to come to a game, you know. So we've been really blessed. The community embraces that. When you have businesses wanting, calling you to sponsor, it it, it makes for a great thing. I spoke with a teacher at the beginning of this school year, and she spoke to all her classes and she said, Any, anybody have any questions? And the first question that, that was asked was, hey, are we going to, to the NAS to watch that basketball game? So that's part of the NAIA. We're able to you know, check off another box um, for that. So that's, that's some of the differences. You know, the other differences is when it comes to recruiting, things like that, NAIA is the Wild West. You, know, you right. basically get away to do anything you want, whereas NCAA, you're going to have a ton more regulations. But um, yeah, so... We're, we 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 stuck our toe in the water a little bit, looking at uh, going to going to D two, but we felt right here was our best bet for us. 
And, you know, some of those things you're doing, you're talking about getting sponsors involved, you know, being part of the community. I'm sure when you're going out and, and pitching to sponsors to get involved with, uh, with Mount Vernon, that's something they probably like to see. That yes. you're actual good community partner. It's not, hey, we're taking your money and, and just buying new uniforms. So we, um, so we have a good pitch. So my basic pitch has been, I'm in the business of friend raising versus fundraising. And, you know, that sells here. And, you know, I know some of this will go to some of your classes and, and students, and you have to learn what sells where you are. Um, and you also have to, you know, where your price point is. So this, this package that we do where, where we get our sponsors and uh, partners, whichever one you want to call it, whatever works, we had to adjust it. We had to work with, you know, I brought, I brought businesses in and I, you know, Hey, I'm not asking one of the first things I did when we, when we took this, when I took this job was I went to the chamber of commerce, introduced myself. You know, I, I, I'm not Nazarene. I haven't drank the Kool-Aid. That's not a negative, but you know, I'm not that. And so I went to the chamber and asked for 10 movers and shakers, you know, um, explained to the, the uh, chamber president and she graciously reached out and emailed 10, seven showed up and we provided a meal for them. And um, the president felt that there was a disconnect between us and the community. And I wanted to know what that disconnect was. So after about 30 minutes of meal and discussion, finally one person, you know, and in that we had, you know, the president of the bank, a car, a, a car dealer, guy that owns nine Wendy's, that type of personnel. And finally, one person spoke up. He says, well, I'll give you an example. I give 5,000 every year to host this tournament. I've never been announced on the radio, never been given a polo, never, you know, never been announced during the game. And that's wrong. Mm. And so that kind of opened the door for great discussion on, yeah, you know, anytime our phone rings and we look and it says MVNU, we don't answer it because people are wanting a handout. Well, that goes back to the friend. And I said, well, I'm not here for a handout. I'm here for a handshake. And I want to, you know, I want to connect and do and be a part. And so we have our volunteers that the bank moved offices. So well, we sent 25 people over and we helped them move. And uh, so whenever I go and ask, they know that I'm I'm asking because I have a need, not because I'm trying to run a bank. Um, we don't store money. You know, if, if we don't need money, we're not going to ask for it. So we've been blessed with that, with the ability that people are now wanting to be a part. So that's kind of a long, long process there. No, and I'm glad you shared the story, though, because you're the first person we've had on who's an athletic development or advancement or fundraising. We use those terms right. interchangeably at this level. But yep. You know, you're right. You know, what you're doing, it's it's sales. And we talk about sports sales a lot here at Trine. It's different. You know, the process is kind of a little bit more like this, which doesn't come through well on, on a podcast instead of right. like this. Um, but I, I like what you're talking about in fundraising and, you know, athletic departments, whether people want to admit this or know this or not, they're not flush with cash. You know, MVNU is not Texas. No. <laughs> so, what does your day-to-day -day look like in athletic fundraising? So I wear a multitude of hats. Uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm in charge of our student workers. So we have 140 student workers under my, un, under my hat where weight room, 
upper cardio room, an extra weight room. Um, we have to provide those workers, you know, to be able to monitor that. And then all of our game experience and some of the things that, you know, so I'm teaching sports. I, this is my third year teaching sports management. Um, and that's a question. One of the first questions that we ask is, you know, okay, men's basketball game. How many people does it take from A to, to Z? You know, oh, well, it takes about five or six. Well, for us, it takes 22. And we're an NAIA school, you know, but we, it takes us 22 people, you know, two at a gate, two at both of our gates and game experience. And we run games every time out and activities. And, you know, so we have sponsors for tic-tac-toe going on on, you know, a big tic-tac-toe board at half court and, and just a variety of different things. Um, so I do that with uh, student workers. I'm in charge of all game management, game experience. So ball boys, shaggers for volleyball all of that is under my realm as well and then um, the reason that this position opened was our SLT senior leadership team they took away our postseason budget which was $44,000 the year two years before I came on board so they needed someone to try to raise some money and do other hats so I try to raise between 50 and 80 which for this area is very good. And then, you know, you got to spend it to make it. So we do, you know, we do volunteer stuff. We sponsor some things in the community, not big sponsorships, but $500 sponsorships here or there on different activities that, you know, that aligns with the university, you know, so we don't, we're not sponsoring a brew fest or something like that, but things that align with the university that again shows the community that we're part of the community. So my day begins, all that to say, Brandon, my day begins around 6.30 in the morning. Today, we've got a, um, a volleyball game. So at 5 o'clock, I'll start with that. And game starts at 7, done at 8.39. So I'll be done around 9 tonight. And this is the beauty of small college athletics, whether yes. you're talking to D2, NAIA, D3, JUCO, whatever it would be. You know, you're an athletic director. You wear all hats. Yes. I know your main job is to raise that 50 to 80 grand. But like you said, volleyball games tonight, you got to be there yes. and you got to yes. staff that thing. That's a fact. Yep. So in your opinion, having done this now for, for four years, what have you found have been the most rewarding parts of the job? Um, for for me on the let's different areas, but let's talk about the fundraising side. Mm -hmm. For me, it is a knock on my door and company X comes in and says, Hey, we're a brand new company. We've started up. We we've, we've opened a branch here and everywhere we go, people say that we need to be a part of this athletic department. What's your biggest, you know, what's your biggest um, level? What's your highest level? I say what it is, we went in, we're in. No pitch, no discussion. So that is become, it happened yesterday. Uh, so it's to where I've got in our high level, which is our national championship level, I've got three on standby. So I can't, I can only do so much, um, which we're trying to come up with different ways, but we only have so much, you know, I don't want to make the gym into a billboard mm -hmm. all over the place. So we have, 13 main main spots and I've got five on standby that can't get to those main spots. So, um, which is a, a great thing. So that portion is great. 
Um, the other portion is the, the student and uh, the student portion, which would be um, this morning, filled out an evaluation for one of our student workers uh, for Nationwide Children's Hospital, you know, and for her to reach out to me, that's a big deal. You know, it, it used to be a very big deal when you were coaching, right? You know, it was, a, you know, that's what you live for. Oh, you know, t you know, that when they called you and said, hey, we just found out we're pregnant or we just, you know, you know, our first child's coming or we just bought a house. That was a big deal. So as we transition, those become big deals. No, they're both great examples. And in everybody I talk to in athletics, whether you're at the high school level, middle school level, college level, we're altruistic people in the sense that we love working with these athletes. I mean, seeing them succeed. And, you know, to your point, sometimes I got those calls 10 years after yes. they were done playing and they're like, oh, well, now I understand why you were so tough or why you were demanding this. And now it makes sense. Um, but you're right. You live for that as yes. a coach and, and even with what you're doing now. And I'll, I'll, I know what my third one was. My third one, we were talking about satisfaction was, um, would be in the community, mm -hmm. you know, so for um, volunteer of the year for two years in a row, you know, so even though it says my name on that, that's not me. That's, that's our department, um, you know, and to be asked to, you know, so there is an event where 16 people are asked to be a part of the mayor, the chief of police, the state representative, and you are one of those, that tells you not only to yourself, but also to your peers that we are doing good stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And on the other side of that, you know, working in college athletics, you've talked about the hours involved and, and in fundraising, you're going to hear no a lot. So what are maybe some of the difficult parts that you've had in, in this particular role here in development? So I'll, I'll ask this, Brandon, because this is something we didn't talk about. So this podcast basically goes to like some of your students, you know, your students will be able to look at this as well. Yep, okay. absolutely. So one of the things uh, that we talk about in class is the fact that if, if everybody likes you, somebody's lying. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't do community stuff, especially in today's age where everybody's going to like you. <laughs> and um, so you have to, you have to, you know, watch what you say and watch how you say it and watch who you say it to. Um, so that's something that, that I really push in our class as because I've learned it for myself. And you know that just, that's the same. Again, it's the same as coaching. I've, I've always compared coaching to life. Every lesson you learn in coaching, you can directly relate it to life, you know, trying to, you know, be a good steward and do this and do all this, but you're, you're never going to please everybody. So we had our first quiz on the last week. And one of the things that I want us to get out of class, so we don't use a book, we're just doing real world stuff. And uh, the two biggest things on the quiz, the two biggest things that you have to learn from this class is, and it's communication and delegation. So by understanding how to communicate and then understanding that without, you know, as many hours as I'm working, if I didn't delegate, I would, I would be done. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do what we do successful without delegating. And that's a tough sell for, um, a 22 year old to say. So I was lucky that I have, and then I'll hush. I was lucky that I have a, uh, in this class, I have the person who's in charge of my concession concessions for uh, all of our events. 
And, uh, you know, it's a great resume builder for her. But when we talked about delegation, she said, I'll say this, that I, Kaylee is her name. She says, I have to do from cleanup, from startup to cleanup. However, there's not one thing that Paul hasn't done that he asked me to do. And so to get, you know, to get this, this generation, but to get those students to understand it's not just delegating, it's not just giving somebody something you don't want to do. It's being able to share that wealth to expand their knowledge as well as your knowledge because you're able to do something else that may help the betterment of the team while they're doing and taking something off your plate. So that's, that's uh, another, another long, another long thing is the fact that just, yeah, just knowing, knowing your clientele. And that took some time for me to learn who my clientele was because I'm the honest guy. The community calls me two things. Number one is the honest guy and the, I know a guy, you know, so it's the, you know how that is. Hey, boy, I need someone to do something. Oh, hold on. I know a guy and make the call. So Knowing, knowing your audience, no different than whenever you're coaching and you go to a different place, you got to know your audience, who you're dealing with. Well, throughout this podcast, you've said three things that hopefully students will pick up on and I'll kind of summarize them here real quick. But in, especially in working in college athletics, I mean, you're going to work long hours, so you just need to be prepared for it. You know, it shouldn't be a shock. I had a couple uh, alumni come and talk to one of my classes last week who both work in baseball. So you go in, you go into eight to five, you got the game at seven and you're just praying you don't go into extras. Exactly. Um, And same thing in in college athletics. You got to have good interpersonal skills and, you know, to kind of summarize Paul's story from earlier, you know, you get into a situation where a little bit of strife with the community and you're just bringing them together before you even got to the sales process. And then, you know, the last thing, you got to have some leadership skills. I mean, it's one thing to your point to, to delegate, but then it's another to actually, well, how can we motivate them to want to sell popcorn, to clean out the hot dog machine at the end of the night? And, you know, it seems goofy if you're sitting in a classroom at 18 and be like, well, I'll never have to, you know, worry about carbonation in the, in the daggone soda fountain. Yes. Well, it's going to fall to you at some point. Yes, you will. That's, and that's exactly right. And so for our, for our, for our sports management class, you have to do three hours of game experience. Mm-hmm. So we rotate everybody. So like my concession person um, on Saturday, she's not doing the concession. She's doing our game experience. So she's helping set up our games that we do and, and our different activities with our sponsors. Um, and then for my practicum, I don't send one, I don't send that person to go just to the concession stand. I want them to get a taste of everything because you never know what that person is going to do. You know, well, I'm going to be in athletic training. Well, that's great. But if you go to a school, a high school, and do that athletic training, you're also maybe the game manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you need to be aware. Of, now you're aware of what's going on. So it's a very enjoyable position, whether you're in game management, sports management, event management, all that is great. Uh, it sells great. But what what you see on the movie is not always what's in real life. <laughs> no, not all that uh, glimmers is gold. <laughs> is there anything now that you've been in this spot, this particular position for five years, which is different from, from teaching and coaching, but kind of being in development and, and working in athletic administration, is there anything that you wish you would have known back then that you know now? I would say just what basically what we've reiterated is the fact that 
um, knowing, knowing your audience. And I use coaching as the example. If you go from one school to a next, your shtick isn't going to work the same when it's on the other side of the tracks, whatever side that is, or across town or in another state, you have to adapt. And one of the things, um, one of the things that I think that, that we become good at is understanding that we have to adapt. Um, so, you know, like I told you, our postseason expenses was taken away from us. So that $40,000 was taken away. Well, our AD was okay. Well, there's no use in crying over it. What can we do to fix this? And this, that was one of the cases. So what, what would I learn? I would say, what would I go back and do differently would be um, to be more receptive and listen to people that had it, you know, we get set in our ways and the older you get me, the older you get, the more set you get. And even though I think that I am, uh, I have the ability to adapt. There's always things that as I look back now, boy, if I would have just listened, that would have made a lot more sense than taking the two years it took me to understand and how I got there now, instead of just listening and being done in, you know, two weeks, it's taken me two years. So do you have any advice for students listening to this and, and listening to about athletic development, whether they want to get in with a division one school or NAIA school? Um, are there certain classes you think they need to take certain experiences they need to do? What advice would you give to them if they want to work into an in athletic development? My number one advice, uh, and this may, may not be what you want to hear, Brandon, but it, my number one advice is it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, mm -hmm. and I would never have gotten this. I would never have had this opportunity if I didn't know the AD here. If I would have turned in a resume on, even though I did 95% of this stuff, they would have never looked at my resume. So every one of our guest speakers, which Brandon, you'll be one of our guest speakers, but every one of our guest speakers, um, we have them, I have all of my students write their information down. Don't be afraid to reach out to Brandon and say, hey, Brandon, I'm looking for this. Any, you, you know anything, you have anything. And so we've, I've one, two, three, four, four jobs. Four jobs have been obtained by guest speakers because they've reached out. So make sure you make contacts because contacts are vital, especially in this sport, especially in this sport of, um, you know, sports management and, and event management, because there's a lot of turnover, you know, there's a lot of people going to bigger and better things. And if you know somebody that moved on and you, Hey, I'd be interested in your position. Can you, Oh yeah, I remember you, you were doing, yes, let me reach out and make that connection. And so that would be my number one would be just, you know, make sure you make connections along the way. And a lot of people don't think you can do it at the college setting at the school in a classroom, but you can. And especially if you have good instructors like you, Brandon, to where you're bringing people in and doing these podcasts and inter introducing, feel free at the end of this to give them my information. And I will be happy to do whatever I can do, you know, in God's country over here on, on the east, east side of you um, to be able to help in any way possible that I can. Actually, I'm thrilled you brought that up. I, I say it in class all the time. Um, I, I echo what a professor my freshman year in college told me. It's, it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you and, and who likes yes. you. So, yes. um, that's you good. Know, um, I'm going to write that down. 
<laughs> and I'll email it to you so yes. you can remember. Um, but he is co- at Coach McNeil on Twitter if you want to get a hold of him or follow him and see everything that's going on uh, with the Cougars and uh, MVNU. Paul, really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks so much. Brandon, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy for your success there at Trine. Great. I follow you all the time, follow the stuff that you do. Great internship and stuff like that that you publish and post. So I appreciate everything you do. And I'm, anytime you need something, just reach out and I'll be there. Will do. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to download our next episode on Friday, October 22nd, as we talk with golf travel blogger, Patrick Koenig. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes today. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.